0: Chapter 15 of Energy and Vibration This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Recording by Siddharth Nature's Miracles Volume 2 Energy and Vibrations by Elisha Cray Chapter 15 Terrestrial Heat After reading the last chapter on Jesus, one will naturally inquire, whence the heat that is able to produce these wonderful displays? Undoubtedly, it comes from deep down in the earth. There is every reason for supposing that at one time this earth was a molten mass of matter, which for millions of years has been gradually cooling off until a thick crust had been formed, so thick that the vegetation and animal life has to depend upon the heat of the sun. At one period of the earth's history, called by the geologists the Carboniferous or coal-bearing age, Vegetation was forced by the internal heat forming a hotbed, as it were, that caused a wonderfully rank growth of all sorts of tropical plants and trees. This vegetation grew and fell down for ages and laid the foundations for our coal beds and oil fields, as well as the occasion of great reservoirs of natural gas. The fact that these coal beds are found in the cold regions of North gives color to the theory of Carboniferous age. When the earth had cooled sufficiently, the aqueous vapor and other matter precipitated, but not until a crust of sufficient thickness had been formed. Stratified rocks were laid down in the hot water, and this precipitation probably went on for ages before the dry land appeared. And when it did appear, it came about in this way. As the molten mass cooled, it first formed a crust. It kept on cooling and made a void by shrinkage between the crust and the molten mass. When this had gone on to a certain point, and the crust was no longer able to support itself, it fell in. And as the earth was round, the crust had to wrinkle. Hence our mountain ranges formed at different periods of earth's history. The Great Rocky Range extending from Alaska on the north to Patagonia on the south of our North and South American continents was undoubtedly once a vast volcano throughout the whole extent, or practically so. And why not? Because when the earth's crust fell toward the centre by the attraction of gravitation, it broke at these wrinkles, the mountains, and thus made a vent through the crust to the molten mass in the centre. What wonderful convulsions there must have been in those days! What earthquakes! What an exhibition when the water and heat first came into contact! not only mountains were formed, but also valleys or great depressions, into these depressions the water ran, and hence our oceans. Speaking of earthquakes, they are caused in most cases by the occasional settling that occurs from time to time after the internal pressure has been relieved by a volcanic eruption. Most often in regions near where the crust is weakest, namely the mountains, the rift in the rocks make a vent for nature's great furnace. Gradually, the Earth has cooled until only a few of these vents are active volcanoes and still fewer appear as geysers and these undoubtedly will disappear in time. The water from the furnace runs down into these heat vents which came from the core of the Earth and is thus heated. And through the complicated structure of these heat passages and the peculiar system of tubes formed by hot water and silica, we have these multi-phased phenomenon of geyser action. It is found in boring for artisan wells that the temperature rises 1 degree for every 30 meters. This fact would go to show that it would get very hot at that rate at some point far enough down. We bore for water, we bore for oil, and we bore for gas. Who knows but when fuel becomes scarce, we shall bore for heat and carry it in protected pipes to our dwellings and factories. I would not care to be near by when the well digger should first shove his drill through the crust. However, it would be hot enough for most domestic purposes long before he reached that depth. There are different theories as to the cause of Earth's heat. Some have supposed that it was caused by chemical action, others that at some time two planets have collided and that the impact caused both to melt with fervent heat when they ran together into one body and assumed the spherical shape. This is not likely, for such a collision would arrest their motion, in which case they would both most likely have fallen into the sun, as there would have been no power left to overcome the attraction of that great luminary. A more probable theory is the one called the nebula theory. This theory assumes that at one time all cosmical matter, now composing the whole solar system, was in a finely divided state and filled like a gas, the whole space occupied by our present solar system as one body. By the law of attraction, these particles of matter came closer and closer together, all pushing toward the center of mass. This movement, or contraction, caused a rotary motion, slow at first, but increasing as it contracted. At a certain point heat developed, and after a sufficient heat, light. When it had condensed to a sufficient extent to approach fluidity, rings like those of Saturn were thrown off by centrifugal force. Then these rings cooled sufficiently, they broke and rolled up into a ball, thus rotating on their own axis, as well as around the mother mass. This process has kept up till all planets have been thrown off from time to time, and what is left of the core is the Sun itself by this theory the earth and all the planets are daughters of the sun just as all of us are sons and daughters of the sun as we have seen from reading the chapters on world building in volume 1 end of chapter 15